You guys want a tour of my childhood room? I realize I have yeah. some content here. So back in 2000, like, let's keep this from the show. Yeah. Back in 2004, Province made all those newspaper posters. Oh, hell yeah. Anybody nice, remember nice. these? I had I had Mike Keen down here, but uh, he's dead. Here I have uh, to take the I have to take the sunglasses off so I can see that better. Uh, ah, Marcus, nice. Oh yeah, coming Monday, Mike Keen, and then I <laughs> lost track after that. That's funny. Um, this is that this is that jersey I have from the Todd Bertuzzi commercial. Yes, uh, it says Gatorade commercial, Vancouver, March twenty third, oh three. It's worn by the stunt coordinator. Let's see. I have this for some reason. I have no idea how I got it. Oh, weird. It, it's like from 94. Yeah. I think it's just like, okay, yeah, you, you stuck with us. Um, thanks. <laughs> That's all. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, I wonder what the, yeah, I wonder what the thought process there was. Like, was it just like, yeah, we're one of the like least storied franchises in league history, despite being around <laughs> since 1970. Thanks for following us. The one year we didn't suck. <laughs> which which this was true in 94 like the Canucks yeah. had barely been good by that yeah. point like most of the most of the Canucks being good is in the last like 20 years mm-hmm. yeah. I don't know how much people remember this but the Giants when they won in 0506 like Dude, I think this is when yeah. they won the Mem Cup I 100% remember that that was like the most into junior hockey I ever was before yeah, same. actually following it as a um as like a job thing or whatever yeah, and I was a huge Lucic fan from then on, like huge. Uh, yeah, uh, no, I was too until until he became a, a a Bruin, you know. Yeah. Okay. I actually, I actually do have a few more. So this is like my revered Tabardizzi poster. Oh, uh, oh, and, oh and, uh, these are the third jerseys. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, they're all the uh, the black orca jersey with the red trim, which was my favorite of that era of jersey. By far. I have like one or two of them without any names on it. Uh, I don't know how. Uh, this is from my first hockey game. It's uh, when Bertuzzi came at the end of the game uh, to jerseys off her backs. I have, and I have from the Dallas game that went to like three thirty in the morning. Oh hell yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah! yeah, that's dope. Oh, last thing, first thing, my one of the first souvenirs my dad ever got traveling from when I, while I was a kid in nineteen ninety five was a Florida Panthers goalie mask. Oh hell yeah! And since then, I always had a little fondness. For goalies from the Florida Panthers. Fair. Yeah. How could you not, right? Yeah. Well before Luongo was on the scene. Who doesn't like James Reimer? <laughs> so are you back with the parents now? Is that what's up? Uh, for, for now, yeah. Okay, word. Yeah. I'm I um, sorry for a little while. I'm going to go uh, use the washroom and grab an urn brew, and then we can actually start. I've reached the uh, I've reached the imported beverage phase of quarantine now, so I'm just drinking urn brews. Are you um, just getting amazing unemployment benefits or something? Is that why? Or? No, no. I, I'm just bored <laughs> of like, yeah. you know, <laughs> there's there's Normal a limited, there's kind of like a limited variety of food you can eat when you're yep. in a situation like this. So yep. uh, yeah, I've I've taken to I've taken to consuming Scottish uh, energy drinks. So yeah, I'll just be back in one second. Huh? I didn't I did not know Aaron Brew was a uh, Scottish energy drink. Huh, there's a photo of me when I was like 10 when I was in front of the legislature. This is hilarious to think about now. <laughs> the only piece of Canucks memorabilia oh. <laughs> or anything I have is oh, that's sweet. Alex Burroughs in bobblehead form. What's, uh, 
What game? What game was that? Is that did you get it? The Burroughs Ring of Honor game. Oh, you went. Oh, sweet. Yeah, that rules. Because it was uh, Sam's Christmas party or something, mm. so we got his tickets. Yeah, um, I like raided my parents' like whiskey cabinet pretty quick. They don't. They don't touch the stuff. It's just when people are over. So, right. Amazingly, the alcohol is like the one thing we haven't unpacked yet. <laughs> just because we're getting a new thing to store all the liquor in, so there's nowhere to put it. So just in cardboard boxes. There's. Have you? Did you guys watch the? Uh, I don't know if you guys were online when it was happening. Mister Squamalt, Jackson, did you pick up on that? I don't think so. No. Okay, so Dan Beckner of Wolf Parade and I. We and Sean Craig, who writes for the Capital Daily, the Victoria paper. Um, yeah. Sorry, you know the guy from Wolf Parade? <laughs> I, I from that random Canadian DM I've been in for like two years. I didn't realize he was from Wolf Parade. Dude, that's funny. You know Jimbo, yeah. <laughs> right? Uh, like you've met Jimbo, right? Well, yeah, 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 yeah. He looks like John Belushi. He worked yeah, with yeah. me at Crust, and he's in. Uh, a band with with Seth and Evan, uh, yeah. Wolf Parade is like his favorite band. Oh, that's <laughs> so sweet. he would he would like keep flip if he knew that. <laughs> <laughs> well, there he's like Dan Beckner's from like Nanaimo and like yeah, oh totally. I wouldn't be surprised even if like Jimbo knows him. Honestly, <laughs> that that could totally be the case. Yeah, yeah. Um, so we found out about this guy called the uh, like this uh, rapper called Mister Squamalt. Hell yeah! And he has oh, this video. Be he has this video. And the the song is called music video. The song is called Mister Esquimalt. Also, is it? It's Mister Esquimalt by Mister Esquimalt. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I fucking love that man. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's such a G move when you have a song <laughs> called the same thing as your band name. I don't. I so, don't have that. I don't have that. But I um like I just did the King Bob thing on uh, stream. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. which is going to be like my project when this whole thing is finally over. And my like I called my best song King Baby. So it's like almost <laughs> the same thing, but yeah, no, that's such a G move when bands do that. And he has great production value for his music videos. Oh yeah, and he also apparently used to be part of a, a gang that uh, an article said menaced Esquimalt in Victoria West, <laughs> uh, like ten like ten years ago. Yeah. You probably went to prison. But the whole music video favorite part is that he's on that new bridge in Victoria, yes. walking towards Esquimalt. Yeah. But at no point is he in Esquimalt. And even though the terminus of the bridge away from Victoria, or from like downtown Victoria, uh, like you could say maybe like, oh, he's walking away from Victoria. Yeah. Uh, but he's still in Vic West, which is part of Victoria. Yeah, totally. So the whole fucking song. He's not in Esquimalt. He's not in Esquimalt. That's you funny. just see You just see downtown Victoria. That's Anyways, Dan Beckner has a podcast with the E1 guys. About music, wait, and they really? like, yeah, like it's damn it just, man, it's, it's new, and they just did an episode about it. So oh, yeah, and uh, and other like can like bad CanCon, you'll you'll love it. God so damn, pulled man. up his music video for Mister Esquimalt, yeah. and the comments are like the out of left field boys being like, "Damn, there's nowhere good to film in Esquimalt," <laughs> and everyone else is being like, "You need a map. You don't. You're not even in Esquimalt." <laughs> That's really funny. <laughs> damn man. I, I maintain. I maintain that we should uh, get their spot on the Ricochet Media Network. Um, yeah, we're more popular well, than them now. Probably. probably. Um, I know we make more on our Patreon now. <laughs> <laughs> in some, uh, in some other DM, there's this guy who has a pod. I'm pretty sure it's a podcast with Means TV. 
Oh yeah. And I don't know what the deal is there, but like I had a thought a while a while ago. I was like, hey, what if we could get on Means TV? And we a hundred percent could. Like yeah. I, I have an in there if you guys wanted to. Oh really? Yeah, Reed 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 is gonna do cartoons for them. Oh right, right, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Oh that's sick. Yeah, it is uh, it's really sick. Totally comes down to like what do we lose by doing it, but yeah, we yeah. totally see Yeah, I'd be I there. would fucking do it, why not? All right, folks, welcome to another episode of Roxy Fever. I am your host, Jackson McDonald. With me, as always, Viasaren, Elliot Hoyt. How you boys doing? We're both on the same side of the pond together. Yeah, not in the same location, obviously. But no, no. Vias, you're no. back in bon- bon- Vancouver. Bonnie's listening. Bonnie Henry listens to our podcast. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No. She's actually our biggest uh, Patreon donor. <laughs> That's like where we get most of our money. It explains yeah, she's supporting all the local businesses, like she's uh, single-handedly keeping John Fluvog or whatever his name is afloat with his <laughs> Bonnie Henry sneakers, and also oh, keeping us on the up and up. Man, that's weird. It's weird to see BC um, get in on the whole being really horny for lame politicians thing that mm-hmm. is super, super popular among libs in uh, in America. I, I mean, like, no, no shade to Bonnie Henry, who I think has been like good or whatever, but it's yeah. just like. This isn't. She's not cool. Like she's just doing what she's supposed to do. Like I, she's I don't, just a middle-aged lady doctor doing things. Like she's fine. Why do we need to all buy her shoes? But I mean, hey, whatever. I think she's fantastic, and uh, I'm just trying to cover my ass. Fair. <laughs> I, yeah. Well, what's the sport? What's the sports panel thing you do? You you just like immediate contrarianism. Oh, I should have probably argued against her, right? Uh, I don't know. I feel like we yeah. were all being pretty ambivalent. <laughs> we're not very good at the whole like disagreeing on stuff um, yeah. thing, which is so honestly there, fine. That's her, overrated. There's, there's a Twitter account that's like, oh, look at all the cool shoes that she wears. But there's also the other Twitter account that takes the same photos, but it's not about the shoes. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes. I knew this yeah. was going to be a thing. Yeah, that, that exists out there. There's a Bonnie Henry feed account. Yes, that's that. Honestly, uh, that's impressive. My, uh, I tip my hat I, to the person who did that. I expected that before the flu vlog stuff. Fair, like with yeah. her getting her own shoes. For for anybody who doesn't pay attention to BC politics, uh, she's the the chief doc medical officer dealing with COVID in BC. Yeah, totally. She's like yeah. the person who is the most plastered on all our TVs right now because. I don't think she drinks on the job, Jackson, but, you know. (laughs) Uh, She kind of admitted to smoking up before the 420 press conference. Dope. Are you serious? (laughs) Well, they made a joke about it because it was also Adrian Dix's uh, birthday on 420. Oh, okay. And she's like, we're not going to say what we did to celebrate. That's awesome. (laughs) And it was apparently like a wink and a nod kind of way that they might have, you know, might have had a little bit to smoke. That's fine. (laughs) I mean, it's completely legal here, so... They wouldn't be admitting to anything. Uh, I do find it funny that like now that it's legal, <laughs> politicians can kind of make cracks about it. But it's but it's like you're not edgy. It's it's legal. It's like saying like, oh, I drank a bottle of wine last night. Like mm-hmm. it's it's literally the equivalent of uh, Boris Johnson admitting that he drinks uh, like four boxes of wine every night and then like draws <laughs> on them or whatever. But um, what? any- no, did you <laughs> the one technicality that? is that the U.S. can deny you entry if you've ever smoked weed. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, and it would be true. a little bit of an embarrassing diplomatic situation if, like, the premier of BC can't go to the states because he smoked. That would be dope. Oh wow, that would kick ass. 
I thought you were going to say that a member of Roxy Fever was stopped, but yeah, BC oh, Premier yeah, would be no, but, um, Well, that Bonnie Henry content was supposed to last 40 minutes. Jesus Christ, guys. <laughs> yeah. Uh, <laughs> what are you going to talk about for the rest you of You guys, uh, those of you listening at home may have noticed that we took like a month off, despite the fact that realistically we should have had no excuse to not do an episode for a month. But um, all three all of right, us- this week, Heritage- yeah. Yeah. All three of us actually. I mean, first of all, there was an issue with the episode we recorded with Georgia. And so we put it up on the Patreon. But then also, like, all three of us had pretty major, you know, things to deal with over the last little while. So why don't we just get a, a quarantine update from both of you boys? Uh, I guess start with start with Elliot. Why not? Yeah. So, like, I was moving. So we had to. Well, fuck, moving is a lot of work. And I kind of forgot about that. Mm hmm. And yeah, so especially we, under the current circumstances. Yeah, so like every time you eat moving boxes, it's like, well, fuck, I go stand in line for twenty minutes. Yeah. Oh, jeez. Yeah, totally. So you're you're so you're a Killarney boy now. Yeah. Uh, is that where Lucic's family lives now? I don't know, but I'm sure if you're saying it, I'm sure that's right. Okay. All right. Well, welcome to the neighborhood. That's almost sometimes where I live. <laughs> I I tend to live out of my car. And just find a different place to sleep every night. Uh, I mean, that's yeah. the whole point of having a wagon, right? What about you, Vias? What have you been? What have you been? Uh, finals, all finals. Yeah. I got one last paper to do, and that's about it. Uh, I today I decided to finally move back to Surrey, Vancouver. Uh, cabin fever was killing me. Yeah, uh, very grateful to be back. Yeah, fair enough. I oh, also um, also uh, I got back my PS4 from a friend's place because uh, I didn't want it near me while I was doing school stuff. Oh and yeah, my god, my god, I'm so good at chill. <laughs> uh, nice. Oh god, I wish uh, I had. Uh, I wish I had a PS4 so I could play chill with you. That would be dope. We got we got a uh roxyfewer.com forward slash patreon or fuck other way around <laughs> patreon.com forward slash roxyfewer yeah <laughs> onlyfans.com yeah, forward buy slash a, <laughs> buy me a uh ps4 um yeah i uh a bunch of shit happened to me i my my landlords listed their house which is you <laughs> which know it's usually not good that's some some shit for sure i think uh on the list know. of house being set on fire and listed, you know. Yeah, it really doesn't seem second. so bad. Like, <laughs> but, like honestly, uh, even this whole pandemic is bad. like, yeah, you know, honestly, the pandemic better than having your house burned down. So I'm, uh, <laughs> I'm doing okay in that sense. And I, I mean, I spoke with them and whatever, and I don't know. It seems like at least short term we're totally fine. So uh, that's, that's good. good. Long term might get hairy. So we'll see how that goes. Yeah. I guess, but. Um, so I spent the last like week dealing with that and also just dealing with the, uh, numerous means tested bullshit government programs and hoops mm. that I had to jump through to get assistance through my, uh, through my unemployment. I am still wearing the sunglasses. I've kept that. I looked, I looked for a pair to put on actually. Um, and, uh, cause I'm still on vacation, but, uh, you guys will appreciate this. I lost them for like three weeks. And then just found them like that's, yesterday. That, 
That's when we decided we, we were going to record. Yeah, exactly. That's why we couldn't do this. Um, do you feel insanely stupid anytime you lose things now? Because you're like, I can't leave the house. How can I find this? Yeah, man. This, this whole thing, I don't know about you guys, but like this whole thing has really... Like, I've learned things about myself, and I really haven't liked all of the things I've learned about myself. Like, one thing I learned about myself is that I will still be like, damn, I'm so busy. I don't have time for anything. Even yeah. now, even though I'm not yeah. doing anything, like, yeah. um, I think yeah, some I, of that is ADHD, everything. but, uh, yeah, I, it's been interesting to, like, I guess I'm just never going to get in shape. Because that was the thing I thought about doing over the course of the pandemic, and uh, that has not even come close to happening. But I have been honestly look. A lot of the people who are like posting the whole like, "Oh, I'm going to start working out now." At the like people who are fit, even like everybody at the beginning of all this, I haven't seen a peep out of them. So yeah, fair I'm enough. Pretty. I'm honestly, I'm pretty sure everybody has just like been punched in the stomach very slowly pretty much um, yeah i think by, by covid and yes. all the stuff it's just brought on so i would never i would not feel bad about no that. you're 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 correct and the other thing too is like come on like the one good thing about this has to be that we get to be lazy you yeah. know like that's yeah. if this is mostly very bad so if one good thing can come of it, it's that like mm-hmm. we can all drop the pretense of being productive for a little while and just fucking like, mm-hmm. um, you know, sit in the dark and watch six episodes of The Sopranos in one night. Oh, um, oh boy. Yeah. Oh, boy. Have I? Um, I've watched so much <laughs> Sopranos, <laughs> which I've never watched before. It's a great show. Yeah. Uh, have any of you guys been cooking like uh, new stuff? Yeah. Any bread any oh, yeah. bread boys in the house? No, no bread, but I've been cooking a lot. Nice. I was baking bread until I ran out of flour. Fair. Mm. Yeah, I'm gonna make uh prosciutto stuffed chicken this week, so that'll be Whoa. cool. Um, I will say I will say the Sopranos, anytime I start watching them, I I start fiending for like prosciutto. No, hundred percent. Yeah. The um, first time like I the first time I like watched like the first four seasons. Uh, I just suddenly was like, I need to go to the store and buy whatever the hell Gabagool is. <laughs> like, I, <laughs> yes. like I it to. me up so much to learn that Gabagool is Capicolo. <laughs> yeah, oh, I know. Right? Yeah, yeah. Um, pursuit, well, something yeah, that I saw that was yeah. super funny was a listener said that for like the first like five years of watching The Sopranos, they thought that that line, you got a blue moon in your eyes was you've got a boom boom in your eyes. <laughs> Look, I'm gonna, all I want to say is same. Uh, <laughs> I, uh, I I I've I have realized that I'm really bad at picking up on lyrics, <laughs> like for a lot of things. So I'd I'd highly identify with that. Yeah the um the the best part to me was just like thinking about it, and it's like that does kind of make sense because it's like woke up this morning, got yourself a gun, you got a boom boom in your eyes. <laughs> but now every time Rachel and I watch the watch the opening, we're just fucking dying laughing at that. <laughs> And it's even it's even infected other lines of the song where I've been like, things ain't been the same since the boom boom in our town. <laughs> which is which is I guess the song is about like the Oklahoma City bombing or something. Oh my god! Anniversaries this week. <laughs> Fuck yeah, that happened on my birthday. Eh? And wake like, up. Wait, 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 wait. Your literal birthday? No, that happened on my second birthday, but Waco, the thing that, like, 
he was retaliating for happened on my birthday. Oh, wow. Like uh, the Branch Davidians and everything. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was April 19th, 1993, baby. Um, Wait, I-, I have a one quick question. Sure. Is it Branch Davidians or Dravidians? It's Davidians. Okay. Yeah. Okay, because Dra- Dravidian is like a Hindu thing. Or like oh, no, no. It's, it's like thing. a... Uh, and I was like, ah, oh, re fucking implicated again. It's like... <laughs> no, it's like an evangelical <laughs> thing. They were like anarchists, like libertarian anarchist kind of people or whatever. Mm. But um, the right-wing kind of anarchist, not the not the cool kind. Um, but yeah, and then the other thing that happened that's like a very uh, big deal and explains a lot of my feeling like I'm busy even though I'm not really is uh i quit canucks army as of like uh, probably by the time this episode comes out will be the case that i am done there um end of april april 30th is my last day so um yeah that's been that's taken up a lot of my time and so i'm hoping now that i don't really have to worry about that anymore i'm gonna get to do the show more and maybe do some some solo one-on-one stuff with with some guests just to kind of make up the difference so that I'm not constantly hectoring uh you guys to record more. <laughs> mm-hmm. so I I had I kept looking up uh terms about quitting the military and just trying to look for jokes but <laughs> <laughs> all I can think of is the word AWOL. But yeah, no, I'm, I went. I don't think I don't think it's a wall if you're tweeting about it. No, certainly not. No, I left because uh, I'm a pacifist. You know, I'm against the military. So <laughs> it was it was frankly weird that I had ascended their ranks as much as I did. <laughs> uh, no, it's been it's been kind of weird because I I mentioned this on Twitter, but I um like. I don't know. My time at Canucks Army has been there's been good things, there's been bad things. It's been kind of up and down. I don't really think that I was I wasn't the best person at the job. I wasn't the worst person at the job. The most important, the most controversial, really the most notable in any way except that um there seems to be a lot of conspiracy theories <laughs> going around on a certain uh, segment of the internet about why I left or why or if I was pushed out or uh, whatever. So uh, that feels kind of appropriate considering um, my my own personal taste for conspiracy theories. But um, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Okay, what what is the most insane conspiracy theory hmm. that you can talk about? Well, I could talk about any of them, but like the truth is like people send me stuff and then they just talk to me about a lot of stuff as if I know. But the thing is, is I have so many people muted and I don't read the comments in the Canucks army on the Canucks army website. So like, I'm not, I actually haven't heard about that many, but one that one, like one, the most popular one, I guess, or like variations on this theory has been that like I got pushed out for being too negative and tanking the site uh, with my negativity. At least something's tanking. Um, <laughs> and uh, and that like I, one person said something about how like, oh, like Jackson didn't even care about this because uh the mailbag kept getting posted late until somebody complained and then it stopped. And I was like, 
you guys are so funny. You think that anyone reads your comments. Like, no one from the site <laughs> fucking reads the comment section. Like, that's the thing that these people need to understand is they'll be like, uh, why hasn't my comment been published? Or like, why haven't you guys dealt with this abusive person in the comments? And it's like, because none of us read your trash. Because <laughs> it sucks. Like, because it's like, what am I supposed to do? Like, write something and then spend the next hour, like scrolling through everything everybody said about it where like they all say i'm like gay or whatever which you know i did leave canucks army to pursue being gay full time so like (laughs) they got that one right but um yeah i don't know probably just the biggest one was like that i was pushed out which is not true at all uh i left uh over a labor dispute (laughs) honestly but um yeah it's it's been kind of interesting because to me it seems like everyone's just been really nice but i know that that's mostly because that's just what i'm seeing so i'm sure there are people dancing on my grave but i've been uh, lucky enough to not have to see it so yeah one of the comments on your last article yeah one of them is about he's leaving not because he or the only reason he's leaving is because the monday mailbag started showing up at 9 or 10 p.m like it was a high school essay due the next morning. Uh, Which doesn't make any sense because no. that would be that would mean it was showing up at 9 or 10 p.m. on Sunday night. Yeah. <laughs> so this guy doesn't know how days work. Oh, oh I got a one, one moment. There, there, I'm not even reading the guy's comment, but his name is Canuck Hotep. Oh, yeah. yeah. He's my favorite poster because yeah, his he, name is Canuck Hotep. He's classic, man. <laughs> to the point where I thought it was initially like one of our listeners because only one of our listeners would be like, it would be funny if there was a Canucks fan who was also a Hotep. Yeah, I think that guy is actually a Hotep, though. Like, the things he's complained about have been very Hotep-y. Um, like, he, he did, I remember somebody on Canucks Army, and it very well could have been him, was uh, complaining about how, like, People who are mad at Evander Kane for being a rapist were doing racism, um, which was funny because it's like, I mean, there's like lots if of. If you're more mad about Evander Kane than Patrick Kane, you that's are probably racist. correct. Yeah, 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 sure, absolutely. But it was. But like, but I wasn't. Uh, I wasn't writing when the Patrick Kane thing happened. So, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, and Patrick Kane was never linked to the Canucks in free agency or a trade. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, it's uh, it's been it's been kind of weird. Like I I am not I feel like I'm not really at the point where I can really process it yet. But um, yeah, glad I'm leaving. <laughs> I guess I'll just leave it at that. I don't know. Congrats, yeah, congrats on making the call. Yeah, I don't know what I'm gonna do now other than this show, but that's fine. I uh, I'm warm. I had to take the sunglasses off. Um, I don't know. It's been it's been weird uh, because. I kind of don't know how to navigate talking about it because people keep asking me about it. And I honestly, like, I kind of just want to, for the most part, I just want to be honest about it. But I kind of, a part of me is like, is it like, un, is it not cool to do that? Is that considered like uncouth? But at the same time, it's not like I signed an NDA or care if I ever get another job. So um, I guess I might as well, like, I guess I might as well just say it like um, I basically left because because only like 200 people listen to the show anyway. So but um, basically Cor- Ryan Kessler, fuck your. Uh... That's right. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, Sorry. Sorry. 
Yeah. What would be the equivalent of that? Yeah, I left because like Stefan Roger cut me, <laughs> cucked me. <laughs> um, that's not true. Stefan is, is he's 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 a good dude. Um, but uh, yeah, no, I left because basically, if you've been following the site for a long enough time, you're gonna notice that the uh, HQ, like the people who run the Nation Network, have been increasingly uh more and more content has come from them and less from the site and that is also reflected in how much input uh we had on the site and what went out it got to a point where it became almost impossible to set like separate the content side from the business side and um and uh you know like the guy I had contact with from the network almost exclusively was the business guy and no, uh, no shade to him cause he was wonderful to deal with and he was always a nice guy, but um, it just got to a sort of point where I felt like I couldn't really do stuff that was interesting to me anymore because like when the Don cherry thing happened, they told me not to write about it. Um, they weren't like, don't write about this, but they were kind of gently mm-hmm. like, oh, just let other people talk about it, which I thought was weird because it was the biggest story in hockey. And um, yeah. and it was just kind of like, that's odd that um, that you would be telling people not to write about something that I think would very obviously generate traffic. And, yeah, and like, it, 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 look, if COVID, if COVID didn't happen, what are the biggest hockey stories of the year? Like, you have to say that that whole cherry to bill peters yeah that whole thing like that's one of the funny things about all of this is that like this season was already the craziest season in a long time and having Mm -hmm. it end this way is or like be put on hold this way is oddly appropriate just for that reason but yeah like that was the biggest story in hockey at the time and Mm -hmm. coupled with you know obviously like um i was pretty open about this and they let me be open about it which i i appreciated but like Obviously, the Ramina thing was like, mm-hmm. yeah, I wasn't down with that at all. But I, I wasn't gonna leave over something that happened at another site <clears throat> when mm-hmm. I had so many people I worked with that I really, really liked that I really wanted to help out, and like a lot of those people were really green around the gills, and I was like, fuck, if I just leave right now, like I'm kind of fucking a lot mm-hmm. of these people over. Um, and then again, like a lot of people probably would have noticed this, but they. They laid a lot of people off, which sucks, but is understandable given the the fact that there's no there's nothing to cover and there's the, no ad money. There's no ad money. Yeah, exactly. All the mm-hmm. advertising money dried up. <laughs> but then after they laid everybody off, basically except for me, or or reduced pay, um, they put up a like a help wanted ad on the site, which was not up for very long. And was repeatedly, I was repeatedly told was a mis- miscommunication, um, which, I mean, I have no reason to not believe that, but it was just such an obvious bungle that I, I legitimately don't know how that could have happened. Like, I legitimately don't know how anyone could, like, how you could be having a conversation with someone about... Like, how does it even get to the point where where that goes up? 
You know, yeah. so many mm-hmm. so many mistakes have to be made before that happens. And you know, Corey Hergott was really upset about it, and I don't blame him because like he got laid off, and then to see like two days later they're looking for someone to replace him for free. You know, obviously because they're not paying anybody right now. Um, mm. you know, like I believe them when they say it was a mistake, but like that makes me look bad. And especially with my like moral compass, <clears throat> I was just like, I'm not going to do this. This, this is mm-hmm. just, I can't be like, I can't be me and also stand by this. Like, which I, and that was already a thing that I was, I went through when the Ramina thing happened. Um, but for, for, it yeah, to happen, that, that was, that definitely shook, shook things up. I remember. Oh yeah. I, I remember the tone, the tone of how things were going and you really upset. Yeah. You know, yeah. Justifiably. So that's basically, I guess, you know, I it might kind of hurt my hurt my chances to get another job to be admitting that. But like, that's that's what happened. If anybody is wondering why uh, I left under maybe slightly odd circumstances, uh, that's why that is that is what happened. It's probably a good chance that because of covid. A lot of like a kind of veil is kind of going to go cover up a lot of this stuff. Yeah. Uh, people aren't going to remember like because of the way that you left is so like could only be could only look bad in a really complicated way. Exactly. Like, look, nobody's nobody's going to remember. That's kind of where uh, that's kind of why I'm like, why wouldn't I just be open about this? The yeah. whole thing is so is so fucked up. And and the and the other thing, too, that I that during the Ramina thing I brought up and that I will continue to bring up is like, I have no, people love to, to like look point at publications and be like, Hey, this publication sucks. Like this website sucks or like, they're really bad on this. And it's like every media company employs like at least dozens of people, some of whom are really good. Some of whom are really shitty. And as just like as a general rule, if you're part of the ownership class of that publication, if you're the boss, like, yeah, obviously you're going to do stuff that's not very good. Like, I don't, I, that's just not a unique thing to me. So when people would be like, oh, Nation Network are so bad to their writers, I was just kind of like, you ever talk to any writers? Like, all, yeah. every site is bad. <laughs> like, I, I, you know, I'm not gonna, uh, I'm not gonna out anybody else. I'm not gonna like get anyone else in trouble. But, you know, I've heard stuff about other places that that employ people to write about hockey, and <clears throat> it's not great either. Most of the time, the only difference is just that they have a bit more money, so they can kind of seem like a little bit better because they just pay their writers more. Yeah, because like at the end of the day, Nations Network or whatever it is, like they're an organization that started a couple, like, I mean, now what's that like 10 years ago? But yeah, about a decade now. But they're like an organization that basically started from the ground up. They're not an organization that has, you know, a billion dollars of Silicon Valley money or yeah, like, and they're not an offshoot of a giant right wing billionaire who has a newspaper for definitely legitimate money making and not <laughs> like, manufacturing consent reasons (laughs) yeah exactly right like i don't that and that's part of the reason why for the most part i went pretty easy on them and i i didn't give them as hard of a time as maybe it seemed like i would based on the person that i am is because like they were a small site 
that had to learn how to be a bigger site over time. And I mean, if you've been following, if you've been following the nation network, like they've bungled like six things and it's always uh, like, it's always generally because like HQ does stuff without consulting the staff (laughs) at the site, you know? Um, like yeah. one, do you remember Wanye and the general fanager thing? Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking about. Yeah, I figured. Th- I figured when you started laughing that that was probably where that was coming from. But yeah, I mean, I'm not going to dwell on it, and I don't. I really don't want to like shit. Dwell, dwell. <laughs> no, I really don't want to <laughs> shit anyone on the way out because, like, I still love everybody who's left there. I don't know how many people that even is now. Um, and I do like. I only ever interacted with one guy from the network and honestly, like I'm not going to name him cuz I just you know, I don't want to like blow his blow up his spot or whatever. He was literally never anything but super nice and understanding with me, so no like no smoke with him specifically, but it was just like after a certain point, I was just like why am I doing this? I don't feel good about it on a content level and I don't feel good about it on a personal level. So like what I'm doing it because I need an extra five to five hundred to a thousand bucks a month. Like it's not worth it, especially now that I get to uh, be a, a loafer and sit on my ass and collect uh, Serb Trudeau bucks. Yeah, those yeah, sweet, those sweet Trudeau, Trudeau bucks. bucks. So, I spent forty seconds trying to make a James Sibalski Serb joke. <laughs> Didn't work. Thought you guys should know though. Um, I was thinking about yeah. a Kosov- like a Kosovinian guy who's just extremely mad about how much people are talking about the Serbs. <laughs> there's just like no punchline here but i've been like trying to come up with one and i just don't think there is one uh that's good that's really good um so anyways moving on from that which was kind of depressing to talk about and uh a bummer let's move into something that is less depressing but, but also depressing. Still kind of sad um obviously been a been a while since we recorded so i don't know how long ago this was but we didn't get the chance to talk about it nikolai goldobin um former very 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 polarizing player a favorite to some um hated by others has left for i believe it's is it ska st petersburg or somebody want to or no i, I think it's cska moscow actually that he left for but he, I he's I playing in the so, khl anyways that's the point yeah. of this some team with a bunch of consonants and no vowels it's fine <laughs> okay great if it, it's not moscow if or, or st petersburg though which one's the Red Army team? Uh, CKSA. God damn it. Um, the Google thing cut off right before it. CKSA Moscow, yeah. Okay, okay. I was I was almost right. I get those two mixed up because they both... Because there's SKA and CSKA. Um, yeah. But, uh, yeah. the I believe St. Petersburg is the, is the old Red Army team. Oh, okay. That's my understanding. Um, I'm, just, I'm just really sad, like... Yeah, like the Canucks have like it feels like the Canucks will never, ever have a good Russian player. I do know what you mean. Like, like there, there's this part of me that is like, <laughs> OK, come on. No, no, come on. Do no, no, I know. Like, I get I get that you're making a joke about Pavel Bure or whatever. But like, okay. the, you realize it's been 30 fucking years since Pavel yeah. Bure played on this team, right? Like, yeah, Bure and McGillney are the only like, yeah, Russians who've ever had their they're due given and have been good that's like a thousand years ago like legitimately and they've they've had no luck with russians since and i don't know i mean obviously like i do want to say that like nickel nikolai goldobin blew it 
Like he yeah. was given a fair shot. Um, and you can argue that he could have been given a fairer shot. You can argue that he could have been handled better, but where I like lost hope in him was that he showed up to camp um, in, you know, the start of this season and he was given an opportunity. He was given an opportunity. They put him on the first line in, in training camp with at, at times anyways, like they put him on the first line with mm-hmm. Patterson and Besser and he looked wor- way worse and way less engaged than he was the year before on the line with Pedersen and Erickson. So, like, if you can't mm. look good with the team's two best players in training camp, you, you just don't deserve a spot. Like, there's un- you blew it. Sorry. Like, um, and I do think that there's a – I do kind of think that there's a a lot of things the Canucks can learn from this, and I would be frustrated if – their uh, attitude was just that, like, ah, well, he wasn't very good, so we did everything we could, and that was it, which is probably their attitude. But at the same time, mm-hmm. like, I do want to be fair here and say that ultimately Goldobin made his own bed. But I don't know. It sucks. I mean, the other thing mm-hmm. about Goldobin is, like, same thing with Bershi, is that it's never always – it's never been strictly about them. It's always been about the philosophy of – team construction about roster construction where you're like, do we want the guys who are fun to watch or do we want the guys who are boring to watch who maybe we'll lose less badly with? Yeah, absolutely. And I, I think like something that I said in a, uh, I said in the mailbag when Justin, Justin asked me about it in the mailbag, Justin Morissette about how, about that sort of relationship between like, people intently focusing on Goldobin when really it was more of a procedural argument. And um, the thing that I said was that, like, ultimately the Goldie people won because the third line at the end of this season was Adam Gaudet, Antoine Roussel, and Jake Vertanen, which is a fun third line yeah. that can, like, mm-hmm. that can score goals. It was not Jay Beagle or Brandon Sutter. And it undeniably was working like that line was not great, but it was working better than the fucking endless combos of Sutter and Erickson and blah, blah, blah. Like it was yeah, it's at a, least it's the first good, putting up goals and stuff. It's the first good third line that we've had since the last time. the Canucks were It was literally the first third line they had with, that did literally anything. Yeah. Like mm-hmm. you can you can say because the thing about that third line was that it was bad. Like it, it bled chances and goals and like crazy but it also like you know Goddad and Vertanen both had you know 30 plus points this year and were were you know flirting with a 20 goal pace over a full season so mm-hmm. and that's what you want on a third line and obviously you'd like them to probably be a little bit more defensively responsible or whatever but like the thing was that all their other third lines also got caved in, but they yeah. weren't fun to watch and they didn't put up points. Like it's so, one thing to be good, but if you can't be good, at least be fun to watch. Yeah, exactly. I, right? th- I think and that's, that's all it comes down to. Pretty much. And yeah. does that not does that not make an impact for for home games too? It absolutely like fans does. Go, fans go crazy when they see Vertan and do marginally well. Absolutely. <laughs> Godet Godet, I think, is like becoming a fan favorite. Not everybody's this fan favorite, market, but... This market, a, a segment of the market, not the whole market, but this market yeah. likes fun third liners. Yeah. Like, they they yeah. always have... You could... There's yeah. a... There's a... Uh, definitely, like, a through line from 94 to 
now where there's been cult heroes. Like, I mean... Like, Trevor Lynn is one of the most respected players in Canucks history. <laughs> that's, that's a good one. But, uh, you know, like, I know that 94 team. Like, obviously, I wasn't alive at the time, so I don't want to... I want to put my foot in my mouth about who was playing where because I don't... I legitimately don't remember. But no when people idea. talk about yeah. that team, they talk about guys like Sergio Mameso and the Courtnalls <laughs> and, like, guys like that mm-hmm. who were not, you know, first-liners. And... Yeah. um. And I, and they even talk well, about Sergio guys Mamesa's where... on the first line in NHL '94. <laughs> yeah, fair enough. Um, <laughs> but yeah, uh, as far as like, and then there's well, yeah. So there's obviously there's the um, there's the '94 team, but you can you can keep tracing down through like Artem Chubarov and Yarko Rutu, Yana Kansen, Jeff Cowan. Like this team has always liked. I mean, Jeff Cowan wasn't a very fun like but he did have obviously he had the broad thing yeah yeah so but but fans remember him fans went crazy for him one fan in particular went very crazy for him (laughs) yes uh but more and more importantly um like we are the team the canucks are the team that uh put a third liner on their first line and turned him into a 35 goal scorer like i do think Mm -hmm. that that vancouver more so than other markets like has this kind of love for underrated uh, role players, you know, third and fourth mm-hmm. liners or whatever that can do a bit more than just bang and crash. Kyle Wellwood is mm-hmm. another guy, obviously. Yeah. Covered bridge chips enthusiast Kyle Wellwood. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, I don't know. Like, ultimately, no, um, there's no real love lost with, with Goldobin in terms of who he was on the ice uh, because he couldn't ultimately get it done but i am bummed to see him go just because god there's so many reasons to to like him his uh his plywood uh, garbage folk art his uh, being the only other guy who got a good audi commercial <laughs> sorry that's that's got to be the episode art oh uh, so, uh yeah <laughs> i mean look that's fair but i have an even Debatable. better thing that i have that i feel like i have to use I for the it. yeah for the episode art, which we'll get to later. But yeah, just Vias, do you have any thoughts on Goldobin? Uh, I think I'd be a lot more upset if the Canucks were, were doing really shit right now totally. for him leaving. Cause I, cause I'd have this dumb, like, Oh, you let, like you didn't give this uh, one interesting European flashy player a chance, but, but it, it's hard for me to, to care that much when the Canucks were doing pretty well offensively. Yeah. Uh, like at a glance. Um, and they're, like enough wingers just kind of out outpaced him. Totally, so, absolutely. Yeah, no, like, you're right. The, I think from the dumb guy fan perspective, it's like, yeah, we had this cool, flashy Russian player. We would have liked for him to. We we would have liked some more narrative out of him, but uh, we got we got like he sucks or no, he doesn't suck. But <laughs> well, he's he wasn't he as good out. as as he should have been. You know, like yeah. he yeah. What for whatever yeah. reason, it never worked out for him. He had the talent. So I don't know what it was, but there is a certain there is a certain element where I do wonder if the Canucks are really very good at handling their Russian players because this has been a consistent problem. It's and you know it's been a problem through multiple Canucks regimes and a lot of the and there's been there have been people in the organization who were in. The because people always think of people always think of organizations as being like you hire a new GM and then it's like a new organization, right? But people don't realize that like most of the p- 
people who work for the team just get recycled endlessly. Yeah. Like people make fun of the mm-hmm. Oilers for that, but the Canucks, it's the same thing. Like Ron DeLorme has been in the Canucks or- organization for fucking as long as I've been alive. Um, Thomas Gradin, same thing. Now, Thomas Gradin, good at his job. So no, no hard feelings there or whatever. But um, I do just wonder a little bit if there's like a, maybe something going on in in the organization that makes it so that they're not really super well suited to handling Russians because basically everyone that I've spoken to that's connected to the NHL agrees that like you kind of have to handle Russians differently, that it's a different, like more so than any other player that, that comes over from, from Europe. Like it's a different culture, a different attitude. I remember a lot of that with uh, Nikita Triamkin speaking of, quadruple a russian players because he yeah, found it absolutely. a huge culture shock because he's also a very conservative guy i mean like he was whining how vancouver smells like weed all the time and like i'm sure there's other things too but you're allowed to complain about that yeah yeah but sure there's mm-hmm. lots of examples of culture i mean shock. is there there there's no other i would argue no other country that has players in the nhl that could be more different like that that a player could be more uh, culture shocked culture, from coming to the NHL. Culture. Yeah, I think you're right. Yeah, than than a Russian player, uh, and when also you know that they were a former superpower, uh, and, and there's still a lot of there's still have, a lot of Russophobia in North America. Like it's yeah. not on the level and, and of you, um, of actual persecuted minorities by any stretch, but like. Out of the various shades of white people that mostly make up the NHL, it's obvious that Russians are the ones who get the short end of the stick always, right? Mm-hmm. And then also when you know you have a league that is praised or, or is uh, regarded pretty highly within the country and the chip is always there to just stay in the country and to be treated pretty well if you're one of these players. like, And that's kind of one of the things that I think people don't really understand is that it's like... There's this weird idea that, like, Russians are, are sort of entitled or whatever, or, like, um, that, oh, well, you know, if you, you got to do everything uh, that they want or they're going to pick up their ball and go home. And it's like, yeah, that's the normal thing to do. Like, that is yeah. what makes mm-hmm. sense. Like, why? what do you yeah. – like, it's this weird thing where, like, if you – I would bet, I would bet that – if you asked a lot of players who play in the in the KHL what's the best hockey league in the world they would say the KHL you know like mm-hmm. like russians are kind of the one that's like the one country on earth where they don't take it as a given that the NHL is the best league in the world and from an objective mm-hmm. perspective the NHL is the best league in the world certainly the most in terms of parity but there are teams in Russia that could probably win a seven game series against a, a Stanley cup caliber team in the NHL, just because like they're on a few of their really, really big, like big budget teams. They have a lot of star power, you know, yeah. like Ilya Kovalchuk played a ton of years in his prime in Russia um, because that's mm-hmm. where he wanted to be. So it's, it's sort of a, a weird, like, thing that's that's all wrapped up in russophobia and just a general conservative attitude of the nhl but i think like people don't really realize that russians just don't like give a shit in the same way that 
Like they, they aren't indoctrinated mm-hmm. into hockey culture in the same way that everyone else is where it's like, Hey buddy, this is the show. Like you're going to, it's my way or the highway mm-hmm. or whatever. Like Russian players are more likely to be like, well, you know, like I can go back and to Russia where people don't treat me like garbage and like, like, mm-hmm. or at least like the fan base doesn't treat me like garbage. I'm sure the yeah. coaching staff and shit is like. It's probably a bit rougher. <laughs> yeah, totally. But like, <laughs> it, and I can like be at home and speak my mother tongue and like have all my friends around me or whatever. Like, it's, it's just this weird kind of mental block I think some people have where they're like, why isn't this guy so honored to play in the NHL? And it's like, because he has a, um, an almost equivalent like the closest thing to the NHL in his own backyard where mm-hmm. with with like way less bullshit. And the other thing too is well, like let, people make a big yeah. deal about how KHL players make less than NHL players, but that's true at the bottom of the roster. It's not true for superstars. And like mm-hmm. I bet that sort of second middling tier players, it's probably pretty close, especially when you look at the cost so. of living in Russia versus, you know, Western city. Now imagine let's let's say that China ends up developing like great hockey players, uh, gets a great system going on there. If you're if you're a star in the China in uh, in China's hockey league, like what's it going to be like then, right? Yeah. Uh, when if you're one of those players, yeah, you could become a star in the NHL and like yeah, prove your worth. But on average, like I think a lot are going to stick around there, not just for cultural reasons, but because. I, I I don't know. Like it's. I think it would just if there was a competitive system there, it wouldn't be a given that they would just come to the states and come. Yeah, to the NHL. I remember talking to a scout, somebody who works for an NHL team, which I now know enough people that I feel like I can just say that, and I don't have to worry about it tracing back to who I who I talk to. But I remember talking to somebody who works for an NHL team, and I asked them like, "What's your estimate?" for like amount of players in European leagues that could play in the NHL and be like better than a fourth liner in the NHL. And he was like 20% of players in Europe are would Mm. be like easily 20% of players in Europe are, are at or above NHL replacement level, but just don't come here for a variety of different reasons. Um, and, you know, like, I kind of think that that's fair. I, I think that people have this kind of myopic outlook on the NHL that is that and we'll come back to this when we talk about the NHL uh, possibly starting up again, too. But, like, I think people just there's people of a certain mindset who have grown up in hockey for so long who it's their job to follow hockey. It's all they ever think about. They never step outside of it who kind of can't understand that for some people there's things beyond the NHL and beyond like being a superstar and beyond making money. And I think like there are a lot of players who legitimately are just like, no, I'll take less for like less of a headache. Like I'll just stay yeah, in mm-hmm. Switzerland or Sweden or whatever and just play here because it's like because I get to have like a normal life. Like to me, um, for example, like let's say in because my understanding is that if you play in a if you're like a good player in a in a European league an established European league, you still probably make like half a million dollars a year. And for me, if I had the choice between 
like I, I love playing hockey and that's just what I want to do. And I had the choice between making half a million dollars a year for a long time and like retaining my privacy and like my sense of, you know, just like being separate from the monster of the, the NHL and the, the media and everything mm-hmm. or like being a superstar in the NHL and making like millions and millions and millions of dollars a year. Like that would actually be a tough choice for me. Like I could see it both ways very, very easily. Yeah. Um, yeah. To the point where I think now, especially in my life, I would just be like, fuck it, man. I'm taking the easier out here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like obviously there'll be some like mega competitive guys who will want to uh, follow their dreams or whatever. But on average, I don't, I don't think that's probably going to be the case. Yeah. I think I, I, I like I like seeing those stories when there's like a 31 year old European who's like really good and then decides to like try a couple seasons out here. Um, can't name too many of them, but yeah, like well, I was. I, like guys, uh, I love the Canadian guys who like you know played in the NHL for like from when they're 20 to when they're like 27 and they're having a hard time finding a contract and they sign and they just go to Europe and they're just like yeah I'll just play here for five more years, raise my kids in Europe. That sounds, sounds awesome. like such a dream. Yeah, and they like kick ass. Yeah. I love that too. Yeah, like Nigel Dawes or whatever, who's just like, ah, like I'm not, I'm not very good by NHL standards, so I'm going to go to Kazakhstan and get like Kazakhstani citizenship oh, yeah. and then play for their national team. So really? because Every it's like player in the English ice hockey league. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, mm. no, like, like I totally. Yeah, I'll just that. go to the pub and play and drink beer, and they'll all think I play field hockey. It's fine. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I'm most I'm most interested in the guys who go to like East Asia and end up. And end up one of oh, those teams. Yeah. yeah, that's super interesting. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't know. Like, as far as Nikolai Gold- Goldobin's concerned, it, again, there's no real, like, you can't be mad at them for it. They did the right thing. Like, they gave yeah. him as many, as many chances as they could. But I do just wonder, internally now, with all the issues that they've, with the issues that they had, that they've had with Nikita Tramkin and now Nikolai Goldobin, and the fact that Gillis essentially just blacklisted all Russians for like the entire time he was there. I wonder if mm-hmm. maybe they're just not, like some teams are really good at it and some teams aren't. And I, I wonder if there's more to that than just like luck or whatever, you know? Because I remember uh, Botch, when he was still alive, um, wrote an article that was a sort of, a, or wrote, wrote a like section in the Pravis about how some teams were really good with Russians and others weren't, and how like Tampa and uh, Washington were great, and then yeah. a team like Vancouver like hasn't had any luck at all, and how it just might be worth exploring a little bit, and I think that that's, I think that there might be something to that, you know. I mean, do we have like scouts for Russia? Like, like I'm sure we have guys who go there, maybe a Russian or two. But like, do you have good ones? Like, yeah, I mean, who knows, right? Like, not not to mention, yeah. not to mention too. Like, I do understand why teams don't go that route sometimes because, like, they do. You know, you do have the KHL looming over your um, every decision you make around a Russian player. So it's like. I understand why teams would just be like, why don't we just take the guy who we know will can like will at least play for our AHL team and won't like fuck off, you know? Yeah. So it's it's this weird sort of thing where like I understand why why the NHL sort of treats Russians the way they do, but at the same time like you also kind of can't 
you can't try to convince me that they aren't sort of shooting themselves in the foot a little bit and losing out on some oh, good yeah. talent because like they don't really know what they're doing, <laughs> you know. Um, I, I also just wanted to add on top of this um, because you brought up Nikita Trampkin. Just as a side note, fuck Nikita Trampkin. What the fuck is the deal? With Nikita Trampkin. What's the deal? What's like, the deal with Nikita Trampkin? <laughs> I I don't know about... Like, Elliot, I feel like you probably have some thoughts on this, but, like, another part of the reason why I get pissed about Goldobin is that, like, Nikita Trampkin did absolutely fucking nothing when he was here. He did absolutely fucking nothing before he part. came here. And he yeah. he sucked. And then he left. Like, he wouldn't play in the AHL, where Goldobin would play in the AHL. And then when people talked to him about it, he was like, oh, yeah, the coach was mean, and uh, it smelled like weed, and I hated it there. And then everybody's like, please come back. And then they are like, and then they turn around and say, Nikolai Goldobin's entitled. Like, fuck that okay, shit. Okay, so there's, there's two things I want to say about this. One is that the Trampkin's first game was absolutely hilarious when he went on the ice for a three-second shift and he got a standing ovation. <laughs> That's the most big city has thing ever. Brain worms. <laughs> yes. I I would be if I was at that game, and I wish I was. I would be like I was at the zoo, man. I'd be up. Yeah. I'd be standing up. I'd be so happy. I'd be ooing and awing every time. I'd be pointing at, at him. The one thing is, he looked like he was a good skater. Yeah, that's true. He was a good skater. <laughs> and, like, you also have to remember back then we had, like, Spiza and a bunch of other terrible defensemen. It's true. Pida- Pidan. Yeah, yeah Pidan. And, like, Hot Trampkin- take. Andre Pidan, better defenseman than Nikita Trampkin, though. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I mean, that's probably but it is, fair. But I was going to say that, like, true. a lot of people don't have that opinion. So, like, yeah. Or at least it's not clear. He's so, totally. like, maybe you are right to be more stoked. I also think it is some very specific Canucks brainworms about, like, getting the guy who dominated you where it's like he's sort of like a substitute chara yeah which is yeah. so yeah. so stupid but yeah it, it absolutely like psychology. it is the the remnants of the boston model which is like so funny because you look at what like you look at what the Boston Bruins did and you look at what the Vancouver Canucks did after 2011 and it was like the Boston Bruins got as much out of that style of play as they could and then they realized oh fuck this isn't going to work anymore because um like it's not the game is heading in a different direction and then they changed and now they're good again to the point where they like lost in the Stanley Cup final last year and the Canucks mm-hmm. were like, let's try to be the 2011 Bruins, and they sucked for most of the decade. Um, yeah, I don't mm-hmm. know. Yeah, it was, it, was, it was triggering watching. Uh, I've been watching the Jordan documentaries, and uh, which are really good, by the way, and how the Chicago Bulls, at one point, they just kept being trounced by the Detroit Pistons in the 80s, and we're just like, we're just going to model our team on on the Pistons to beat them. And then they ended up yeah, winning I six. Know, right? And I was just like, ah, um, gosh. I also, just as a side note here, we should do a heritage moment on Nikita Tramkin's first game. Because honestly, there's actually so much good stuff around that. Um, sure. It okay. would probably Let's be like. How about that's the next one? Yeah, that's we, the we next could one. do that. Um, maybe we'll do like a double feature with like another Russian thing. Like maybe we'll do him and Sergei Shirokov or something. Um, oh, because yeah, we, okay. I don't know how much time we can get out of it. But yeah, we should do that. Anyways, 
Uh, any final sure. thoughts on on Nikolai Goldobin? <laughs> That's that should yeah, explain it pretty much. Uh, yeah, you know, it was good when it was good, and then the rest of that, yeah, eh, fair enough, whatever. R.I.P. to a real a team one. based on Instagram presence. He'd be he'd be there. Absolutely. One of the best posts. One of the best posting. Tr- truly, guys. yeah. No, he yep. was uh, yeah. that picture. And that's a high of him that, with Jake Vertanen, where it looks like they're like, you know, it's like them and a girl, and it like a hundred percent looks like it's the um, cover of like a porno from the nineties, <laughs> marketed to to I know, buy I know people. Exactly what you're <laughs> um, that yeah. that picture is amazing. Um, God, there's so many pictures we could use for the episode art, uh, for this one, because, um, the sort of, I guess, last thing I want to talk about today, which could, we could probably fill an entire episode (laughs) on if we wanted to, but, um, obviously there's still no hockey and it's hard to envision hockey coming back. And yet... The NHL seems pretty dedicated to trying to finish out the season. June 1st is a figure I'm hearing a lot, which seems insane because it's like if you wanted to resume anything by June 1st, you'd basically have to have everything written up now. Mm-hmm. But I've I've heard from some connected people that it's looking more like July 1st as a as a start time with possibly June 1st as, like, reopening up the league, as in starting to do the paperwork of getting players together for training camps and getting the season started back up with the actual season starting on July 1st. Right. Um, I guess just before I I get more detailed, what are your guys' initial thoughts on that possibility? For for me, I think... They're not going to do it. I think whatever plans they have are going to probably catch on fire. And if anything, they won't do it until a more competent league figures something out. As much as they probably want to be the first ones out of the gate, I think they have no idea what they'll like. Like what? Like one thing: like hockey teams are pretty big. Yes. Like you, yeah, you, you, you have to deal with like twenty-five guys, uh, like players, coaching staff, if you want. And all the other and like equipment stuff. That's like you're almost hitting like forty people, forty to fifty like people. Yeah, per it's like team. you've already broken the like large gatherings <laughs> thing, literally just because of the team and the team <laughs> and like yeah. the and teams, like, the officials, team and staff. the team support staff is like yeah. more people than are supposed to be in a room together right now, or than yeah. are supposed to be in a public space together sharing a biome yeah exactly um so i i don't understand how the league is going to be able to figure out uh enough testing uh to to make sure that everything is going to be cool um a lot of foreign players uh or like players from overseas uh i don't know like why not just stay home like i feel like there's going to be a lot of players who might want to stick home but uh I don't know. Like, like, who knows what the what the what the league is going to try to pull okay. against the players? Yeah, we'll 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 so. come back to that because I have so. details sure. about okay. what that's going to look like. So 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 I'll so I'll close just saying like I I think uh because of, because of that 
because the NHL is a second tier league. Uh, they're not going to be able to figure this stuff out. They're probably not going to do anything until September or October. And, and then at that point, they're going to have to fucking worry about whether their next season gets interrupted. Because exactly. Exactly. So, you know, I, I have not been following any news about the league reopening. And once you mentioned it, I was like, eh, nah, I doubt it. I doubt they're going to do anything. Fair yeah, enough. I, so I think it's just this huge logistical nightmare that's just not going to work. Like, I just don't see how it gets done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, and you're going to show it. You're going to tell us what the league thinks is going to get it done. Yeah. So I I read and I've been kind of I honestly haven't been following hockey as much lately because I've been enjoying the break. Uh, I'm preparing to take a step back from writing about hockey for a while, and um, frankly, like following any kind of news during this pandemic has just felt so stupid because everything just changes every day. And yep. it's just feels a little bit like, yeah, okay, call me when like I can go back to work or whatever, when there's a significant change. Um, following the little minute details sometimes feels like it's going to drive me insane. But I did take a look at an article in the Hockey News today just to kind of get a sense of what the NHL's plan is. And I'm not going to read it because frankly, nothing that's been, that's come out has been super specific, but there are a few general, like agreed upon principles that are going to dictate this resume to play. Mm -hmm. So basically one of those things is hubs like neutral sites, existing NHL arenas where they would play the majority of the remaining games. Um, they haven't really explained how it would work in terms of like, can you do it all out of one arena? Do you have to have multiple arenas? If you do have multiple arenas, how do you deal with the travel? That's not something that's come out. So I don't know, but that's mm-hmm. my initial first question. I heard like Grand for- Grand Forks was proposed. Yeah, well, that's the one that I saw from, most people talk from about. From my understanding, in North Dakota. Um, from my understanding, like any I any plans of trying to do this outside of an NHL, like an existing NHL city or arena, is not going to happen. Um, I think mostly because there's nothing in it for them. Like, like if you send a bunch of pe- a bunch of hockey players to Grand Forks, North Dakota but no one can go see them play. It's basically just like, well, why are you bringing a bunch of like people traveling here? They're going to be traveling back and forth. There's more infection risk. Like we don't want your, we don't want you guys here. Like there's no money in it for us. Like, why would we be interested in this? Don't, don't you think that TV stations in the league would, would grease their, yeah, I mean, maybe, but, but my, but from what I've heard and from what I've read, like, they are. They've now abandoned that and are looking at basically hmm. cities in less affected areas that have an NHL franchise oh, okay. already. So one was, I think, uh, like either. Could you imagine Seattle stepping yeah. in? <laughs> that like, would be funny. They're doing a lot. They're doing a lot better now. So I think they're they're more looking at places like I know one of the places was one of the Alberta teams. So one of the Alberta arenas, mm-hmm. I can't remember which one. I feel like it was Edmonton, but it easily could have been Calgary. And then uh, North Carolina, so the, the where the Hurricanes play, was another one that, that they yeah. mentioned. Ooh. So I don't know, but 
again, like like I said, I don't know what the plan is in terms of like, are you going to use multiple arenas or are you going to use one? And if you do use one, that's a lot of fucking people in and out of there on a fairly constant basis. Like you would basically have to be running that one rink 24 um, seven. Yeah, because you can pretty easily, from what I understand, run three games a day. Because that's what they do. Maybe not easily, but it's definitely doable and it's known how to do it because that's what you do at the world champs at the olympics yeah but at the same time you're sanitizing two dressing rooms three times a day then okay so here's the other side of this right is obviously there's no travel right now so what this would entail and this is where the thing the whole thing like falls apart to me is this wouldn't what the, what this would entail in terms of how you handle the players is the players would essentially hole up in hotel rooms in the city, go back and forth between the hotel and the arena, and only go out for, otherwise only go out for essential things like groceries. Now, I don't know about you, but I have zero faith that you can get the NHLPA to agree to that. Like, I know that there's money involved, and that the NHLPA has a stake in, you know, TV revenue and all that. But if I was an NHL player, I would be like, hold up. I got to just like be away from my family and only see my teammates and only be like back and forth from a fucking hotel room in a rink for the next like three, you know, like two months or whatever. Like, mm. fuck no. And they've talked to like, I know media guys who have talked to play, talked to players over conference calls, you know, it's been out there. Like there was one with Tyler Myers, I think was the best example from Vancouver where they asked him about it. And he was just like, yeah, uh, that would, that would suck. Like, I would not really like to do that if I'm being honest. Mm -hmm. So I hope that mm -hmm. they figure something else out. Um, yeah, I really just don't see how it comes back to that, that mentality of like hockey must go on. That, that some people have that I think people overestimate how many players feel that way. Um, mm -hmm. I think a lot of players who all already got their last paychecks from this season, NHL players are not paid for the playoffs, yeah. are just going to be like, why am I putting myself at risk and like leaving my family and basically having to endure all the shittiness of this but with the added on thing of like the insane stress of being an athlete. Um, mm -hmm. I just kind of think like, especially because unlike most people who work, who are having to work right now, who also feel the same way, the NHL, NHL players have union representation. And mm -hmm. like I was saying to a, um, like a media friend of mine today that the relations between the NHLPA and the league and the owners are, can get acrimonious over way less and when yeah. shit is way less complicated than this. So I just really don't yeah. understand how they really think it's going to happen. It seems like a total pipe dream to me. There's going to have to be some massive money involved. Like well, I mean, The reality is, if, I mean, it all comes down to what the NHL's penalties are for not having playoffs in terms of their TV deals. Yeah. Right? Yeah. Because if they yeah. lost all the money for this season which they probably wouldn't because they've already done most of the season. Yeah. They'd lose something like $450 million. Sure. Which would be something like 18% escrow. 
Actually, probably half okay. of that. So probably like something like nine percent escrow. Okay. PA hates escrow a ton to the point where. That's okay. Okay. I I gotta ask a question. I don't know what okay. escrow is. So the league and the PA have agreed that they'll share half of league revenues. Right. Or hockey related revenues. The problem is, it's like that half point divided by thirty one teams is the midpoint of the salary cap. Yeah. Plus some percent, minus some percent are your salary cap and your salary floor because every team's capped out. That's obviously more than the salary mid range. So like mm-hmm. they basically drop everyone's salary by something called escrow. Basically, it goes into a slush fund, and then some lawyers pay it out at the end. Oh, okay. Yeah, it's essentially like basically the 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 players make escrow payments, and then that money all goes into a fund, and then it's distributed at the end of the season based on what the actual numbers were, right? Uh, yeah, I yeah. see. Okay. Usually, right. it's they wind up just paying it out because every team is closer to the cap than closer to the floor. Yeah. And the other thing, too, is it's apparently taken like three years for this to get paid out sometimes. Yeah, no, I oh, understand wow. why they don't like it. Like, it's a pain in the ass, yeah. for sure. But at the same for time, sure. it's it feels sort of like a devil you know versus a devil that you don't know kind of situation. Like, mm-hmm. and I, Yeah, it's and like, I, how mm-hmm. else do you make this work? I also think that in, in a situation like this, like, you are 100% going to have players who are like, let's do it. Let's fucking do this. I want to do this. This is awesome. But you're and you're that's going to be like one rump portion of the players. And then you're going to have another rump portion of the players that is going to be like I absolutely do not fucking want to do this. This sounds extremely yeah. stupid. I have zero interest in doing it. And it's just like you you got to get those people to agree with each other and that just seems like not you know, like, it's just the NHL has had lockouts in way less complicated situations than this. And it's been in, mm-hmm. in under circumstances where, like, there was way more time to figure it out than they have right now. So I think mm-hmm. it's symptomatic, basically, of, like, just the fact that, especially in America, people just haven't really, they still somehow haven't really come to terms with what this is and how fucked up it is and how long it's going to last. Um, yeah. And and the other thing that throws a wrinkle in all of this too is the NHL is uh, has to worry about laws laws and approaches in two different countries, which is like not a thing mm-hmm. the NFL would have to worry about, you know. And even mm-hmm. the NBA is like, there's one Canadian team, so mm-hmm. so you know Canada can kind of make an exception for them because it's just like one franchise so it's like okay yeah we'll bend the rules a little bit for them because it's one franchise of like you know not that many people Mm -hmm. and um and also you know like if they're gonna do every like you could just move all operations of the toronto raptors from toronto to the u.s for a season because it's just one team but like with the nhl you're dealing with seven teams you're dealing with a third of the league is in canada you know yeah and if realistically with the NBA and the Toronto, like if you have to move them to the States for the season, you don't have people going to games anyway. So what does it matter? Yeah, mm-hmm. exactly. Like there's already, you've already lost a lot of money. <laughs> like, I don't know. It's, it's just, it, it's interesting because people have, something I've noticed is just that people have really different ideas about what their priorities are. Like I talk to a lot of people who just, immediately jump to like these kind of like technocratic uh arguments and and concerns about 
money and payments and debt and stuff like that. And then you talk to other people who are like, how do we, you know, stop people from dying? <laughs> and, mm, yeah. and it's mm. not like, obviously I think I don't have to tell anyone which side of that I come down on, but at the same time, like I do understand why people worry about the monetary aspect of it. It's just that a lot of those people who worry about it have the totally wrong, obviously like the totally wrong prescription for, for what the problem is and what to do about it. I'm very curious what the first league is going to be that jumps on this in the craziest way first. Like, what t- what league is going to be the first to jump out of the gate and try to soak up all the media revenue? I could totally see it. Like the, I feel like the NBA has an opportunity That's to do it. The very popular answer. Yeah, but I'll, I'm all, I'm really curious. Like, what would happen if like golf uh, took? You know, honestly, like golf is the one sport you could. could. Like people were even saying that when like the Masters got canceled and shit, they were like, "Why are they canceling golf? Like they they literally don't have to." (laughs) And and it's it's like obviously it's funny because it's such a lesser sport or whatever. But they are right. Like that is the one thing that realistically never really had to shut down. I I respect them for shutting down, especially because like. It's it shows you that they're they have like a sense of humility where they're like we're the fu- we're fucking golf like who are we kidding you know yeah. but um, well the problem is that all of their athletes are in the primary risk category for just being old <laughs> uh, that's a good one yeah fair enough um, obviously one of the great things that's come from the like in terms of content one of the great things that's come out of this COVID. Uh, pandemic is the that we've gotten to find out which NHLers are uh, giant conspiracy brain uh, people. Obviously, I think there's a lot of people know by now that like um, Tony D'Angelo had multiple meltdowns, not really COVID related, but just related to being a chud and announced recently that he was going to stop posting about politics on Twitter, which honestly, Tony. Post Don't it, let dude. people silence you. Like <laughs> I, I was, I was like mad about that, and I saw somebody. God gave you that First Amendment for a reason. Exactly. I saw somebody be like, <laughs> be like, oh, Tony. It's in the Bible. Um, you know, uh, oh, Tony is like finally being smart and deciding not to talk about politics. And I was like, no, nah, man, this sucks. Like, just let him post. It's funny. Like we we don't have a lot to entertain us as hockey fans right now. Why are you? Why are you telling this guy to like? Stop talking about how you should inject bleach into your veins or whatever. Um, yeah, we we need more content. Yeah, uh, <laughs> Don't starve us. But uh, the the obviously Dustin Penner continues to be insane, and I mean we could we could look at at some of those things uh, later if we if we want. But I, the big one this week was former NHL referee Carrie Fraser, who had a very interesting and predictable reaction to all of this. I guess Kerry Fra- Fraser lives in New Jersey, but he tweeted um, just a couple days ago at Governor Murphy, am I the only high-risk, immune-compromised, intelligent constituent of yours that believes I can protect myself from C-19 without you locking us and our economy down any further? Control Whoa. nursing homes where a majority of deaths occur, uh, exclamation mark, hashtag NJ state debt, Hashtag martial law question mark. And uh, I had no idea. Posted a photo of himself 
and an American flag doctor's mask, uh, which was what I wanted to make the episode art. <laughs> and I think I will oh, okay. because it's, it's appropriate. But um, yeah. So he is respecting. This one is really though. interesting to me because it's it's just like Carrie Fraser's old and he has a rare type of blood cancer. And he's like, oh, that's a bad that's a bad place. Open it all back up so that I can, you know, he's basically like literally like I am willing to risk death so that, you know, people can get their culotta or whatever. I don't know what they drink in in uh, fucking (laughs) New Jersey. I think Dunkin Donuts is more of a Boston thing, but whatever. Um, Gabagool juice. Yeah. I really hope Wikipedia like has a page that somebody's keeping up for. Like biggest show, like celebrities who showed their asses. <laughs> yeah, I'm gonna list at some point when I get we back gotta, to. That's gotta get at going. some point when I get back to writing about hockey, that's something I'm gonna do. Is like all the players who showed their asses during the during the pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> um, we did not forget. Yeah, no, exactly. But yeah, this was this was funny to me because first of all. Like, my initial reaction was I got incredibly angry at him because I was just like, fucking Carrie Fraser, your entire life is dedicated to enforcing rules. (laughs) (laughs) And then you fucking turn around and you're just like, this is unfair. We should be breaking the rules. Like, we should be starting everything back up. Like, your entire life was just imposing authority on people. And obviously it's in a game or whatever, but it's just like, it's the most American thing ever to be like, I my job is to enforce rules and I'm against government tyranny and government tyranny is sp- specifically not being able to, uh, you know, use the salad bar at a fucking Chili's mm-hmm. or whatever. I've obviously is, never been to Chili's and it probably doesn't have a salad bar, but whatever. He is the libertarian general secretary from Tiger King who said, technically I'm a libertarian. I'm a libertarian, so technically, fuck the feds. But, I mean, he did try to murder someone. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, Yeah. I... What do you guys think the deal with this is? Where, like, there are so many people who are easily the most at risk to die from this that are also the most vehement supporters of everything going back to normal and just letting people die like so what's the psychology there? truly insane theory about this but this has also been a truly insane theory that i've been working on for a while which is that boomers were promised annihilation and glorious nuclear hellfire (laughs) and that was thwarted so now they think they're invincible (laughs) yeah honestly i can totally they've been they've been edged all their life exactly yeah, I think they do kind of have a death drive, if we're being honest. It's yeah. so frustrating, too, because, like, it's it's frustrating to see them support their own, like, death. <laughs> the the things that would, the support circumstances that would lead to them easily being the group of people who would be the most affected. And also just, like, seeing young people be the ones who are like, no, Grandpa, like, you have to stay inside. Um, especially because I just feel like I've been treated to so much insane eugenicist bullshit lately about how, like, we should just let all the old people die if they're going to die because, like, they can't work anymore anyways. 
which is like, I mean, I shouldn't even have to go into how disgusting that is, but it's like, I'm not working right now. Does that mean I shouldn't die? You know, mm-hmm. or I should die rather. Like, I don't know. It's very there's some really twisted. Fo- there's like one twisted photo of like, I think a woman at a Waffle House so excited to have the employees making her eggs. And the employees uh, yeah. are like all in like PPE equipment and stuff. Jesus and like, Christ. She, she probably like paid no more than 10% tip. Yeah, I guarantee <laughs> if, you. If at all. Yeah. yeah. Calculating, calculating a 9% tip. On her thousand dollar <laughs> brand new iPhone, um, yeah. Like, I mean, one of the things that I'm looking forward to about being done with Canucks Army is being able to go like a little bit more. Not that I was, not that I had any problems with this in the first place, but I, being able to go like a little bit more mask off about stuff now, and like, I think people to some extent, like don't really understand how much the NHL embodies a lot of really disgusting things about, I mean, I don't want to pull like a full, we live in a society thing or whatever, but like any issue you, you have with, um, with hyper consumption or, uh, labor exploitation or whatever, like you're seeing it all happen right now with the way that so many people connected to the NHL are either, you know, just ra- like rampantly trying to get hockey started back up again when it's obvious that it's stupid. And mm-hmm. then you have people who aren't in the NHL anymore being like, we need to start the economy back up or going full Dustin Penner and being like, we should all uh, drink bleach or whatever because it's a conspiracy. Um, his His Twitter feed has been a blast, by the way. Like my, oh, yeah. I've just I just do this thing every day now where I like search him on Twitter and just like see what he's posted. There's been some great stuff there. Like and there's a bit of a sense of humor he has whenever he does it too that keeps drawing me back. Oh, a hundred percent. Like Yeah. He's he's You should feel free to DM him by the way, because <laughs> clearly he re- he responds. You're right, I should DM him. I feel like it would be more, I don't know, a part of me feels like it would be more obvious that I'm trolling him, though. I don't know why. Maybe that. Maybe I'm overestimating his intelligence, but... <laughs> or just how much he'd be willing to look into it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, the perfect uh, encapsulation of Dustin Better's Twitter feed right now, and we, we went into him pretty... We we did a lot. We, yeah. We, yeah, we went into him pretty pretty in-depth uh, during the during the Patreon episode, but like... It's great because it's just all posts about coronavirus being fake. Like, is the media supposed to protect us from government overreach instead of demanding it? And then someone being like, and just like that, Donald Trump got the world talking about the ingredients in vaccines. Brilliant. Oh, yeah. Um, I saw that. And then, and then there'll just be one that's like, breaking, hundreds charged in worldwide takedown of largest child pornography website. <laughs> And it's just like it's amazing to see how uh how these people are like still on on Pizzagate during during this entire thing. Like my brain because is Because they can't make up their mind whether or not coronavirus is fake, um a bioweapon from the Chinese Communist Party, or it's yeah. like a fake thing that the Trump administration made so they could get the mole children or whatever your <laughs> PC nomenclature is for the mole children. Out of the tunnels in New York, <laughs> like yeah, nah, I know. I don't like you guys laughing at my friend. <laughs> I 
Okay, I will say this. About halfway through this episode, I was just like, oh, right. We we asked for ideas for, like, fanfic. And, and I opened one. Uh, Foz Meadows, like, told me which, which site to go to, and I yeah. searched around, and within within 30 seconds, Eddie Lack was... Uh, uh, we'll talk about it in the chat. <laughs> Come on, no, you, you can't. You, you can't leave us hanging like that. You gotta at least say what it was. Uh, he played. He played butterfly right in front of Luongo. Okay, yeah, yeah. I'm also a big fan of Crazy Town, so I don't blame him for for playing that song for Roberto. <laughs> wait, wait. No, he was sucking Luongo's dick. <laughs> I can't tell if that was a bit that you had there, <laughs> but all right, bye. That was a good. <laughs> that was Roxy Fever. Uh, you can find me at Vyasar. You can find me at Vyasaran. You can find me at Moose Kayak. <laughs> uh, send uh, send hate mail to uh, former NHL referee and star of stage and screen, uh, most famous for portraying Princess Leia, Carrie Fraser. Um, I'm Jackson McDonald. <laughs> you can follow me on Twitter at FailSunMcDonald. Uh, don't forget to subscribe to the Patreon. We're going to have lots of heritage moments uh, coming up very, very yeah. soon. Thanks, guys. All right. Thanks, everyone. Of a squire mall. Yeah, I'm from a squire mall. Who the best in the squire mall? They call me Mr. A squire mall. Fools, they come around like they big bad dudes. Flashing their jewels and their new tattoos. Asking about who's this cat in the booth. If we back in the pen, I'll be stabbing you. This is Mr. A squire mall, the truth of the street. The title is mine because the truth that I speak. You want it, that's fine. Come through, let's beef. Swinging all mine, you'll be losing your teeth. All I need is mine. That shit's round table. Police out cry because there's killers on the payroll. You wanted me to fail, but this shit's so stable. I can duck out, collect these checks from Barbados. But I ain't gonna leave just. Yeah, it's funny, all I wanted was money and success Sitting at the table with my boys like yes Hand on my chin looking up like what's next Yes, I'm thinking this rap game Once I'm in, it's a rap man You know the kids spit fire Only difference is when I spit fire It's a black flame Ask about my name, how I came in the game Undefeated with a title and a long title reign All pain, no shame, all game Once again, let them say, what's my motherfucking name? It's Mr. Squimal I stand by the title, it's wearing me in, I got my hand on the Bible I swear to tell the truth, nothing but the truth, so help me God Every time I'm in this motherfucking booth, let's go They call me Mr. Esquimal Yeah, I'm from Esquimal Yeah, I rap that Esquimal Who the best in Esquimal? Mr. Esquimal Yeah, I rap that Esquimal Who the best in Esquimal